Hi, welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. In this podcast, we'll be discussing self-care routines, mindset practices, and mindfulness habits. We'll combat the stigma around mental health in order to create a safe and open community for people to connect and not feel alone. Focus on your mindset rather than your situation. It's a game changer. Grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everyone. I hope you are enjoying the start of your week. We are basically done with October. Like, how? Like, I just, 2022 is literally flying by, and I'm enjoying the fall weather. I am loving October. has had beautiful weather here in New York, and I'm just vibing, and I'm loving it. And we're like slowly creeping up to winter. And I'm like, no, please. I love the foliage and the the light jacket in the morning and then the no jacket on the walk home to the train after work, you know. But, you know, that's just that's just the way it is. I remember I was <laughs> I actually was talking to Nate because a couple of weekends ago, I think I told you guys this, that uh, we went on um, a really cool um, bike ride all along Central Park in New York City. It was on Groupon. Highly recommend it was so much fun. And I was telling him, I was like, man, I wish like, I wish there was like a place on earth that had fall like all year round. You know how there's, you know, tropical places that have summer all year round. And then there's the cold tundras that have winter basically all year round. Like, why can't there be a place that has either fall or spring, like all year round? (laughs) And I thought I was really saying, I thought I was really saying something like super profound. And Nate just looks at me and he goes, well, fall and spring are the transitional seasons to summer and winter so there wouldn't be a place that permanently has those seasons because it's not a permanent season it's a transition season and I was like damn (laughs) I really was like oh yeah that makes sense I really thought I had something going but I just I I did not you know wishful thinking I just I love my like fall weather and the fall clothes. Hold on. My chair is like really high up, please. Okay. Now I'm back. I was like, I'm sitting at my desk right now and I'm just like, why am I so high up right now? I'm like lurching over the mic. So anywho, but um, I'm really enjoying fall and I'm just like loving the fall candles and the fall weather and just the pumpkin, everything. And I just don't want it to end. You feel me? But you know, once winter comes, at least the beginning of winter is like not so bad. Right, because we have like Christmas and like all the other wonderful holidays and just like the holiday season. It's just like so much fun and you know, everyone's uplifted and everyone's having a grand old time. So like I like that part of winter. But once we get into the dead of winter, like after New Year's of, you know, just January and February, and then like also March, just like not a good time. So I'm gonna really I'm really grateful of the season that we're in and I'm I'm taking a pause of gratitude to just like look around and really enjoy the weather like when I do my walk home from school to the train I am just like I do look around and I'm like wow it's just like so nice out I really love fall so anywho thanks for listening to my season rant I feel like I have those a lot but that's just kind of what's on my mind all the time because weather really does affect me and my mindset, so I just like discussing it. So, anywho, 
thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Thank you guys for all the support and love. I'm so grateful for you listening and tagging me in your stories and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And speaking of reviews, I'm going to start reading them out. Hold on. Let me just pull um, some of them up. Let me go to Apple Podcasts. I want to start reading the reviews to you guys because I'm just super grateful for them. Um, let me see. I'm going to read the most recent one. So it says a must listen from one more plant, please. I also love Apple podcasts with like the nicknames because like you don't know who they are, but like they're fun nicknames. So a must listen. One more plant, please. I love how down to earth and relatable Allie is. Thank you for empowering. Thank you for this empowering show. Highly recommend. Thank you. Thank you so much. I literally just hit my chin on the mic. <laughs> Thank you so much. One more plant, please. I really appreciate you taking the time um, and going on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. And listen, guys, I look at my stats. I know most of y'all are listening on Apple Podcasts. So if you please, please could take a couple minutes out of your day, I would really appreciate it if you would go, you know, maybe after you listen to this episode, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five star review. And so this community can grow. So again, thank you so much for One More Plant, please, for the wonderful and amazing um, review. So I really appreciate it. One more side note before we get started with the episode today. I had a really like cool like spiritual moment in my car. So I was driving home from the gym today and I was listening to my podcast. I was listening to the Almost 30 podcast, which I'm vibing with. I love it. And as I was driving, the podcast like paused. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Like I didn't have a, hit a bumper or anything. It was still plugged in. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So I went to unpause it. And when I looked to unpause it, the time was 4-4-4. I literally like got chills and my mouth like went like wide open. I was like, what? And like I was kind of like there for a second. I was like, that was crazy. Like that was like it paused and it was 444. And I was like, so whenever I see like synchronicities, like 111, 222, 333, 4, all those things, the angel numbers, I always think once I see it, I'm like, wait, what was I just thinking about? And it's actually really cool that I was just thinking about how I'm so excited to move into the new apartment back in Lindenhurst. Um, that the landlord is my mom's best friend from like since I've been born. I've known her since I've been born and she's so nice and chill. And that's what I was thinking about. And then that's when the podcast paused and it was 444. And so I definitely took time and I was like, wow, that was a sign from the universe that this was an opportunity that the universe directly gave us. And it is like saying like, yes, this is the opportunity. You should you should have taken it. Good job that you did. And you should be excited for the new spot. So I was just was like, whoa, like what? It was just such a cool um, experience. And I texted my group chat that I have with my mom and my sister because we love like angel numbers and things like that, especially communicating with my grandma who passed. And I texted them. I was like, yo, I, my podcast paused in the car and I said 444, like grandma must have been with me. The universe was with me. It was a sign. And I was thinking about the apartment. They thought that was so cool. And it was just like such a nice experience because I definitely wasn't a good vibration because whenever I come home from the gym, 
at the, I'm in like my best vibration. Like I come home from the gym and like on the car ride home, I have like all this creative juice and things like that. So I mostly record um, podcast episodes right when I get home from the gym because I'm like vibing. I'm really going for it. I have all these ideas and I want to talk to you guys. So it was so cool to be like, I realized that I was such in a high vibe state because I'm after the gym. And then I was thinking about the apartment and then the universe was like, boop, I'm going to pause to catch your attention. And it's 444. Like that is so cool. Like guys, I'm just like freaking out. I'm like so passionate about it. It was so so cool and so fun so just just little little things so make sure when you guys see um angel numbers do take a pause and be like okay what was i thinking about what vibration was i in what is the universe trying to tell me because we're energy we're synchronicities so the universe is always a mirror and it's always just mirroring back what we are putting out so again one more plan please thank you so much for <laughs> the review and please guys if you have time it would really mean a lot if you left one on apple podcast thanks all right so to move on here in this episode hi how are you i am so excited to have this episode debut for you guys to listen to it i have the amazing january donovan on the episode today we're bringing back guests January and I literally had such an amazing conversation about how to become the woman you truly want to be. Because we're never, as women, we're never really asked that. We're asked, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up and all those things. But no one ever asked us, like, what's the woman you want to become? Or who's the woman you want to become? Let's grammar here, people. No one ever asked you, like, what type of woman do you want to be when you grow up? Like, what kind of morals and standards and expectations and how do you want to carry yourself? No one asks you that. And really, as women, we don't have anyone to really teach us those things. You know what I mean? So January created the Women's School. And in the Women's School, it's a wonderful, beautiful platform that is there to help educate women on how to be their best selves in this society, in the workforce, in the home, with friends and family, and really cultivate the life that you want. So a little bit about January. January Donovan is the founder of the Women's School and the Wholeness Coaching School. She is the number one best-selling author and entrepreneur and a mother of eight children. She has over 20 years experience training women. January had a bold dream to build a school designed to train women with the practical skills to manage their lives. She spent 15 years training women for free before realizing that in order to reach millions, she had to learn to build a business and do so while prioritizing her family. The business grew from zero to a multi-million dollar company reaching 40 countries in under three years and landing her the title of one of Forbes Magazine's top coaches. She then went on and found the Wholeness Coaching School, where she teaches men and women to build their own coaching businesses using mindset and skill set training to design every part of their life. Like, she, she's so cool, guys. Like, I can't wait for you to listen to this episode, have major takeaways. We just, she's such high vibes, and she was so helpful. We just had a really genuine and powerful conversation. So take a listen, and here we go. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang, have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out? I felt that way. 
I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it, but I needed something more. I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp, which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions. Plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. I actually used BetterHelp when I started my therapy journey. It was one of the first options I looked at because I felt like I was so busy all the time. When would I have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy? And I remember I took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing, right? And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. And you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone and they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat your overwhelm your anxiety and your stress because you guys know we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life and talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That's betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That link is going to be in my show notes. And if you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy the services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey. Hello, everyone. Hello, Growth Mindset Gang, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Mindset Gang. I have the wonderful Miss January Donovan here, and I am so excited to dive into the conversation we're going to have today. So, January, do you want to introduce yourself to the Growth Mindset Gang? Where are you? What do you do? Where you're from? All those great things. So, thank you, Allie, for having me here. I think it's just a pleasure to have real heart talk conversation, which is really such a gift and a privilege. My name is January Donovan. I am the founder of the Women's School, which is 
simply a mindset and a skill set training school to help women design every part of our life because there isn't out there that gives us the practical tools. We, you know, I, this has been 20 years in the making. It was started out as a dream and was really brought into reality just three years ago. And we went to um, zero to really 40 countries in just under three years. Mm-hmm. And I think because women um, were just hungry for deep training that I don't believe our culture is actually providing. So I'm a mom of eight children. I'm a business owner. I've been married 16 years and still in love and building a business together. And I believe in this work. I truly believe that we have a duty to rebuild women's worth and um, train women up to live a beautiful and meaningful life. So that's what I get to do. It's beautiful. Wow. Love. What an intro, January. What am I <laughs> listening? You're like, wow, she's just so great. And I literally love the foundation of your woman's school and what you're bringing to the table. Cause as I was kind of going through your social media, when we linked up, I was like, I've never seen anything like this for mm-hmm. women specifically though, especially women that are, we're kind of in our late twenties, early thirties, all the way into our forties, because for some reason we think that education stops at college and like, that's it. Now we're in the real world and you just need to like figure it out. That was one of the big things. Once I left college, I didn't have that structure anymore of this is what you need to do. And they're like, no, yeah, you just need to go figure it out. And I'm like, but how is that fair when we grow up in that institution of education? And then all of a sudden we're just like fed to the wolves, right? That's probably the best is fed to the wolves. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that there is a massive robbery that Mm -hmm. women are enduring when I say endure, because there's an expectation that we know how to be a woman. What I mean by that is Mm -hmm. we know how to make decisions. We know how to make the most important decisions of our life. Who's teaching us decision-making skill in first, second, third, fifth high school. I mean, there's not even training on that. What about planning routine, prioritizing boundaries, how to actually manage our mind, our emotion. I mean, these are non-negotiable skills. And so what I find is that women feel like a failure when in reality, the world has failed to prepare them, but then it's becoming a cycle alley because mm-hmm. what, you know, single women are overwhelmed. They're stressed out. They don't have, they've never been given practical skills. And then their friends are also incapable of actually holding them accountable because they're also swimming in the same current of like, nobody trained us. We're expected perfection without preparation. And so what I find is that women doubt women who actually, you know, feel like started out almost like, okay, we want to believe in myself. And all of a sudden we're on our own. I mean, literally we have to make the most important decisions of our life without decision-making skills or skills in general that actually allows us to make quality decisions. And I just think it's got to stop. Oh yeah. We have got to get to the heart of the crisis and train women. Like Olympians don't read a book to become an Olympian. Right. I mean, exactly. it's conditioning, it's training, it's really showing up every day. And I think that's the shift that we need to have is that women need to train every day and together mm-hmm. and for the rest of our life, <laughs> you know, it's not one and done. Yeah. I so couldn't agree more. That's, yeah. So that's what I think, um, why women feel like a failure and I just, it, it, it burdens my heart because I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, I find that relieves women to realize like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. And it's not actually my fault, but I am responsible. 
Ooh, I love that last little piece that, well, I love just everything that you just said, but that last little piece of that, you know, it's not our fault, but it's our responsibility to then take action and figure out, okay, well, I don't know what's really going on in real life. Where can I find help? So I kind of want to ask you, where was your you know, mindset journey or your inspiration to create such a beautiful training program? Would you mind diving into that? It's my tears, Sally. <laughs> You know, our wounds truly can become our compass. And in my experience, I I grew up as an immigrant that came here when I was 11. I didn't have like, a, my mom was at work. My mom was a beautiful person, but really she could not have trained me for a world of internet. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had to figure out life on my own. And I remember thinking, how do I talk to boys? <laughs> like, How do I find out what I love? And so I made a lot of poor choices in my life that cost me. Mm-hmm. you know, anxiety, stress. And so I went on a search and say how actually the, 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 the catalyst was a boy. <laughs> this is how it all worked out. Like that. Always, <laughs> it's always a boy. <laughs> but I remember, you know, meeting this guy and he was, um, he was talking and I was like, he was talking about quality women and he was talking about finding quality women. And I remember Ali sitting there and saying, I have no idea what he's talking about. Like, what is the quality woman? Like, he was so, and I had a crush on him. That was the problem. I was like, and I remember like feeling like, like ax in my heart and saying he would never want a woman like me. Mm -hmm. And shortly after that, I met a couple and I remember they were, you know, um, just having a, a sort of a conversation and the way he talked about her, I was like, there's, that's not real. There's no such thing as a man who's so in love with his wife after three years or however many years of marriage. And so I remember I I literally pulled her aside. I said, what are you doing? Like what? And so I asked him, I said, can I sit in your feet? I want to learn. And then shortly after that, I met a mentor in my college, my freshman year in college. And and literally because I was just at the bottom of the barrel and she said, Jeremy, what kind of woman do you want to be? And I remember laughing, Ali. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I have an option. Like I was born this way. And they said, let's design you January. And so for the three and a half years, Ali, I cannot tell you totally grace and whatever. I met with her every three weeks, almost, you know, ever, and she gave me homework. I would, I still have my homework. I, you know, I show it mm-hmm. sometimes because I'm like, and she said, the first thing we do is get rid of comparison competition. I want mm-hmm. she taught me how to admire women. She taught me how to, the first thing I need to do was to learn how to get up in the morning and make my bed before I had to go to the bathroom every single day. And so I was so hungry for training. I did everything she said more. And so I just sort of felt like that's what I did. I learned how to train myself. And so that began really my love story of training myself. Mm-hmm. Where I felt the need to get back. And that's really how the woman's school was born is because I didn't know how, but somebody was kind and generous enough to show me how. And I felt that sort of pull to give back. Yeah, I love that because it's so important to realize no one really ever asks us like, what kind of woman do you want to be, right? <laughs> we grow up and they're like, this is what a woman is. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to act, how you need to speak. These are the types of careers that are mainly for women. So this is where you should go. And then all of a sudden, Cause that's what we're just spoon fed throughout, you know, elementary, middle, high school, even college. And then we get out of college and we're sitting here doing everything everyone said we were supposed to do as a quote unquote, a woman. And then we're sitting here like, this is not it. It might be it for some people, but not for everybody. And I even found that myself as well, that 
I was always spoken to, you need to be a strong, independent woman and just Mm -hmm. go and don't depend on anyone. Don't ask for help. Like just do everything on your own. And that became very isolating that you don't want to depend on anyone. That's like the new age of thinking as I was growing up in the millennial generation. And now I'm sitting here heavily in like that, the masculine structure routine sort of deal. And so to become a woman in the sense of connecting back to my femininity, I had Mm -hmm. no idea how to do it because I was just told this is what you need to do to be successful. You need to do it on your own. If you ask for help, you're weak. Other women are your competition. You need to be the loudest and strongest woman in the room to make an impact. And then as I grew into, you know, figuring myself out in my twenties, I was like, oh, this is not the correct way to go through life. And the most biggest sigh of relief I ever felt was that it's okay to ask for help and connection. And it's also important that women are not the enemy. They are not your competition. They're Mm -hmm. actually your strongest connection with your best girlfriends, with your mother, with your sister, grandmother, like women throughout history used to be in such strong communities because yeah. I, I teach social studies. So I'm, I, the historian part of me is like, women used to be so connected. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, now we live in an age where we're so super isolated. And I even realized, and I asked a bunch of my girlfriends this too. I was like, have you ever noticed that with our friends, they're in like different pockets, like of our life and they kind of come and go, which is like, okay. But I always thought it was interesting where men, they have like best friends since, you know, high school or best friends since college. And they all like kind of go together and they stay together. And I always kind of wondered like why that is. And one of my friends, I remember her saying, it's like, well, because we see each other's competition. And once Mm -hmm. we're over you, we, you know, gossip all the time. We always backstab each other. And I'm just like, why, why are we like this? And why do we do the things that we do? So if women right now are listening and they're like, Hey, I feel like super isolated right now. I Mm want to make better women connections, but making friends, you know, in your adult life is a lot harder than back Mm -hmm. when you're in high school and college. What advice would you give women who are feeling super isolated, but want to make really great connections? It's a great question. And a topic that is, we, you know, we, it's, we got to dive into it because First of all, I, uh, loneliness is now an international crisis. I mean, that's yeah. unbelievable to me in a, in a social media world. And I, what, what I train women is that loneliness is a communication crisis mm-hmm. because we could be with somebody for three, four, five hours, but never actually deeply connect. We don't know how to have conversation. We're comparing, we're competing. We don't know how to go deep. We don't know how to ask our right question. So what I tell women is that if we're lonely, we need to look at our communication skills or perhaps unhealed wounds that actually hinder us from opening ourselves up. So mm-hmm. what, what, where do we begin? Number one, we need to break the mindset that women just compete and compare. Like that's gotta go because, mm-hmm. you know, how do we learn language repetition, right? You know that this is a water bottle because that's how, but so is comparison and competition. We have habitually inherited a language of comparison and competition. Now women assume it's the only way. And Mm -hmm. it's not the only way we can neurologically rewire our brain, such as the way my mentor did, where we completely get rid of it. And guess what? The prison goes down. Mm -hmm. The prison goes down of loneliness isolation. Why? Because we can genuinely connect with women without fear of one up and one down. It's actually changing the way we view every single woman. So that's number one is to get rid of comparison competition habitually, neurologically wired. We have a rewire process in the woman's school. Um, And number two, we need to have skill set. How do you actually 
be a friend? Mm -hmm. How do you like go look at somebody, Ali, and say, this is how I go. This is how the questions I need to ask. This is what my tonality is. This is how I, you know, this is what loyalty is. This is what not gossiping is. This is what holding your friend accountable sounds like. I mean, these are a skill set that deepens friendship, that deepens connection. But without it, our friendships are shallow. So that's mm -hmm. why we have to train women on actually how to find friends, how to be a friend, how to hold a friend accountable, how to also dream with our friends. Because I think that's a very important skill set. So it goes back again to, you know, to training. And I, I think that we have to take responsibility and accountability and the kind of friend that we have been in the past, but not fault ourselves because once again, I, you know, I have a two teenage preteen or teenage daughters and I have to sit down with them and say, what are your expectations with your friend? How do you say no to your friend? How do you hold your friend accountable? What is your tonality with your friend? Do you actually honor your word with your friend? What does that sound like? I mean, these are trainings that are necessary. We should be going to school for this mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of feeling like a failure that we are lonely and we're, you know, we have no friends. And so if you're listening out there, never give up. Like we can train ourselves to have quality friendship where it allows us to become who we fully can be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, sort of the, the a big crutch of it is, is, you know, the training. But I also think we have to replace some limiting beliefs regarding friendship. Mm -hmm. um, some limiting beliefs that, you know, we, to be strong doesn't mean that we have to do it all, all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right? It's to, I mean, true strength is having the capacity to be able to do it, but to even allow somebody to do it for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that requires a lot of grace and humility. I mean, mm -hmm. gosh, the, you know, this is why we do a lot of breaking down of narrative in the woman's school, because mm -hmm. subconsciously, Ali, women live with that belief, but don't even know it, how it's impacting their relationship, their mm -hmm. dating career, their career and their dating and their motherhood. And we have to get to the root of it. I think that's so important because I feel myself right now, I'm kind of going through that practice of like breaking down that narrative. And I kind of had to learn that through experience. And I wish I was like, man, I wish I had this woman's school. Like this would have totally <laughs> helped me in the long run if I found about this earlier. And it's just so important. Yes. The first thing is to break down the barrier in the mindset that like if you ask for help that you're weak and the competition everything like that and to let people take care of you yeah. which is such a beautiful thing once you realize like I said break down the prison when you realize you can unleash like the weight of the world you're carrying on your shoulder because I know a lot of women that's what we do all days we carry the weight of the world on our shoulder yeah. right with our career with our family with our relationships both family and significant other and then once you're able to realize like I can let go of the control. I can let go of the isolation and the independent and just rely on others in my inner circle. Then you you have that room to then be there also for others, yeah. right? To yeah. your fullest. When you you're carrying it. those stones of the weight on your shoulder, I noticed that I was so irritable. I couldn't help people to my fullest because I just felt like I had to do everything on my own. Even in my relationship, like, you know, I was always like, oh, I'm independent. I can do it. But then, you know, my boyfriend, Nate, he was like, yeah, but like, let me take care of you. Let me help you. Like, you know, let, and my friends were like, let him be a man. Like, let him do the masculinity and let him take care of you. He's your provider. Let him do that. And I was like, no, I want to take care of myself. 
And then once I realized, oh, if I just step back and just let him take care of me, let my friends take care of me, my family, then all of a sudden the narrative of you know, a lot of anxiety happening, stress, fatigue, it then eventually through over time goes away because I was able to then let go and then reach out and make those strong connections. We're not meant to be by ourselves. Human yeah. nature, we're supposed to be in groups. We're not supposed to be yeah. going through it on our own. So I love that. Yeah, breaking the barriers and changing the narrative will change the game. Yeah, and I kind of just push this even further because I mm-hmm. find that um, in relationships, specifically with your significant other, our incapacity to actually be vulnerable and mm-hmm. to find um, strength in our weakness actually really puts, I think it creates massive division in our relationship because- mm-hmm. In some ways, it emasculates a man's capability to want to be there for you. And it's a skill set that has to be changed from mindset and a skill set. But I I it shows up, Allie. It shows up with women who don't, they're not realizing it. You know, so they're in this relationship and they're like, got it. No big deal. I got it. I don't need you. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can, but I don't, but it they're not even saying that verbally, but that's how they're showing up. They're like, I I can carry my own bag or, you know, and whatever, just in those micro moments. But what happens is that it, it, you know, it feels good to take care of someone, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're in that relationship and Nate's like, I want, I want to, it creates sort of this level of like, wow, I am fulfilled when I care for you. So now he's in a relationship where he's fulfilled because he wants to take care of you. But then Mm -hmm. a man who's incapable of doing that because a woman's not letting him receive quickly, I think loses sort of interest because they're like, well, I don't, I'm not valued, I don't want it. And I don't feel fulfilled because really she doesn't need me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it goes back to what is a strong woman? Mm-hmm. It is allowing Nate to take care of you, rob you of your true strength or is true strength, the capacity to receive love. Oh, definitely the second one. I realized the true strength is being vulnerable, showing my shadow side, showing like not the best parts of me, because then that creates the bond, the intimacy, right? If you're trying to be a hundred percent all the time and you're not letting down your guard in your relationship, your friends, family, then what's actually there? Then it's just all surface level and you can't, right? It's the facade. It's the game right? And if you really want to be what is a true woman, a true woman accepts all parts of her and then shows all parts of her and asks for help for the parts that she needs at the same time. It's all this, you know, beautiful balance. And just to kind of stay on here, but shift a little bit is when we're talking about relationships and other parts of life, such as career, self-worth and all of those things, I've had a lot of conversations with my friends where lately they feel really stuck or like burnt out and just where the stage that they are, you know, in life. And they're like, I feel like I'm not making an impact. I feel like I'm just doing this nine to five. My job just pays the bills. And then I just go home and I watch TV and then I go to sleep and like this recycle plays over and over again. So then Mm -hmm. I have a question is how do women then build this beautiful intentional life that they want to live? You know, that's including the relationships and self-worth career and all of those things. Great question. So three things. So first, before I back up, is that when a woman feels that way, that's a symptom that something is wrong. Like we, you know, because oftentimes women feel that way, but then they get conditioned that that's normal. So they just go home, watch TV, feel kind of restless, start over. 
It's mm-hmm. the life of white desperation. And then you wake up one day and you're like, oh, midlife crisis. I don't know who I am. It's the unprocessed life, right? Mm-hmm. Midlife crisis is a new phenomenon. We didn't used to have midlife crisis. People are not processing their life anymore. And so when that happens, when you're a friend, that's like, oh, it's kind of like, you know, going to the doctor, like there's a lump in my back. You got to do something about it. Or, you know, there's, there's, it's a, there's a, it's, you can't see the physical symptom, but that's really the manifestation that there's something needs to be pivoted and changed. There's an alpha. Okay. So I think that's number one. If you're, if you're listening right now and you're feeling that it's like going to the doctor, you need help because what happens is that it's not going to show up quite yet, but it's going to grow, mm-hmm. right? If you don't take care of a cancer, it's going to grow. So that's number one. So how do we do that? Number one, you need to have a dream. Mm-hmm. Because the dream is what fuels you to get out of bed. The dream fuels the discipline. Here's the problem. We are not taught how to dream. There's mm-hmm. a big distinction between dreaming and goal setting. Right. Dreaming is a vision of, of something that we've never done before. It excites us and scares us at the same time. And we actually don't know how to achieve it. A goal is metric driven. A goal is something we know how to do. So if you're sitting here, you're like, I don't even know I have a dream. I don't know what I want. We have to actually learn, identify what is the dream of the season. Key, season. Every Mm -hmm. season has a dream. You know, January with eight kids right now in this particular moment, I know what my dream is. I can get up at four in the morning, no problem. I am very focused. I know how to say no because the dream is clear. But when we're at a different season in my life when there was no clarity in my dream, so easy to make excuses. Mm -hmm. So easy to be like, ah. So number one, we need to discover the dream of the season. And every season has a unique and irreplaceable dream because the purpose of the dream is not to achieve, it's to become. Because when you're pursuing something greater than your current self, guess what happens? It's going to pull you. You're like, I better get up. It's going to change you. You're like, okay, I'm going to learn new skills, right? So that's number one is we need to have a dream. So if you're sitting out there, discover your dream. Number two, we need to be intentional by designing every part of our life. What we are taught or not taught is basically like, go for your career, maybe get married, right? Maybe find that person. But here's the thing, you know, we have this part of our brain called a reticular activator, RAS, which Mm -hmm. means that what you focus on expense, if you're looking at a, you know, if you're looking for like a white, I don't know, Honda Accord, all of a sudden you start to see all the white Honda Accord or why? Because that part of your brain is actually getting activated. It's designed that way. So when we were not, when we don't look at our life and that's why the woman's school, it's a wheel. When we look at life and we haven't intentionally designed it, then we're living by default, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't focus on it. So what every woman needs to do is to sit down and say, this is what I want. This is what my self-image is to be. This is what my uh, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health needs to be. This is what kind of friendship I need to be. You know, my intimacy, that significant someone, my work, my contribution, my environment, my wealth, my family. And it needs to be designed as a whole. Because here's the reality, you've only, you know, not you, but women who only focus on their career, all of a sudden they feel burnt out. Because if we've only focused on one part of our life, it's getting, in, every part of our life is getting impacted. We're not this, you know, disintegrated human being. If you're stressed at work, sure enough, it's going to impact your relationship. Sure enough, it's going to impact your friendship or the way, you know, you show up in your environment. We have to start seeing ourselves as a whole person. So mm-hmm. number two, we need to design our life intentionally, every part of it. The roadblock is that nobody's teaching us how to design it. Right. Like, oh, whatever. I'll just have this kind of good guy. I'm like, no, there are standards to happiness. You can't do whatever you want and be happy. You know, like you can't be healthy and not, you know, uh, watch what you're eating. Like there's just basic things. Right. So it's the same thing. There's, there are, I think, um, I would say foundation, right. 
to a quality relationship, whether it's communication, there's foundation to quality mental health, which is managing your mind, managing emotion. We need to know what are the key ingredients to designing every part of our life. And then we need to train ourselves up for that. So, you know, what we are right now is that we're kind of like, well, this is what my life is. And I was sort of born this way. And, you know, you just kind of get what you get and you don't make a fret, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to grabbing the bull by the horn and say, I have one life to live. I need to discover the dream of the season and then I need to design every part of my life. And, and then the third part, Ali, is then how do we design the woman we need to become? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you know the woman you're trying to become? The woman we need to become has to be in relation to the dream and the design. Because I wouldn't know what kind of woman I'm designing unless I know, well, I'm designing me as a mom who's present, building a business and a strong marriage. Then now I know who I need to become. I need to know I need to be disciplined in my time. I need to you know, manage my mind. We need to design ourselves intentionally. Now, these three parts of what we teach in the woman's school, but we teach it over and over again. Why? Because every dream and every season, we need to redesign our life and we need to rediscover who we need to become. I don't, it, it never ends. Mm-hmm. You know, like there has to be, and that's what we do is that we give you a formula and a framework so that every single season of your life, you're not like, well, I don't really know what my friendship looks like right now. Now that I'm a mom of blah, blah, blah. The problem is that we're not doing that. So we have to kind of invite women to take responsibility to design their life. And that's how we break the cycle of the next generation. Those three forms dream de- design and decide the woman you need to become i know that's a lot i just gave you sort of a- in three days, <laughs> I, I loved it because that's so important because we never think about that we never think about hmm okay i am a whole person so that means every aspect of my life is connected yes. even if we think everything's in a little box it's all connected i even see that within you know myself and even my friends Listen, when we're having a rough time, like in our relationships, like there's a little bit of turmoil and arguments going on, you are out of work. Like when you're at work, that's all you can think about. You can't even focus on it. And then vice versa. You had a rough day at work. You come home. Unfortunately, sometimes you let it out on your significant other or your family members. And then all of a sudden you're like, why am I so miserable? Why am I so upset? Why do I feel so stuck? Well, are you taking care of yourself? both physically, like I said, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, it's everything, right? Because the mind and the body are connected. So if you're not taking care of your physical well-being, your mental well-being also goes out the window. Then if your mental well-being goes out the window, your spirituality also goes out the window. It's all super connected. And we're just, we're so caught in that rat race of the everyday life. We need to remember to take a step back and reflect. Hmm, maybe at the end of the week, be like, okay, how was I mentally? How was I spiritually this week? What can I improve on maybe physically this week? So that mm-hmm. way we can truly take care of ourselves. Because if we want to design the life that we want, we have to make sure we're functioning at the rate that we're <laughs> supposed to, the vibrations that we're supposed to be going at to even get to that point, to even dream. We got to even like get there with the foundational thing. I also loved how you brought up dreaming is different than goal setting and each season has a dream which is so important because when you set a goal there's a lot of pressure on goals right for some reason like oh I set this goal I have to get in if I don't get it by this time I'm a failure I suck I'm terrible but a dream is so mystical and magical because when we were young we were taught to dream right when did that change when how come we had to stop dreaming all of a sudden and it doesn't even have to be like this big huge life I'm going to start a business dream it could literally Mm -hmm. be my dream 
is to just be happy and fulfilled in my everyday life, right? Maybe a dream could be, you know what? I want to be the best friend I could possibly be for Mm -hmm. this season. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know what? I really want to focus on growing my mindset this season, right? That's a dream. And it's it's all about a process where a goal is all about the outcome, right? And dreaming, it's it's less pressure, right? Well, I think there's an inspiration in the dream. And it's not, you know, the goal is, you know, how to achieve it. This is why we need to know how to dream because it causes inspiration that actually moves us out and motivates us. And you're right. Every season has that unique dream and everybody also has a unique dream in every particular season. But I, I think that when a woman doesn't have a dream, it's easy to compare herself to other women. That's what I see all the time. When you don't have a dream that, that you're pursuing, it's big for you. That's why I said it's not, you know, maybe maybe being peaceful is big for you because that maybe it's something that you've not attained before. Maybe having quality friendship is big for you because maybe you've never done it. It has to be something that allows us to labor in love because that's what allows us to say, I'm going to get up today and Mm -hmm. I'm going to take one step forward, right? Mm -hmm. So I just think that the dreaming is a key ingredient to living a meaningful and fulfilling life. And I just think we need to start um, giving women permission to discover the deepest desires of their heart. This is our step one process in discovering the dream is the permission to actually explore the desires of our heart because mm-hmm. desire actually comes in the root word North star. It actually tells us it's like, Oh, why do I love that? You know, why do I not like that? Because not all desires are good. Like I love mm-hmm. rice. <laughs> I'm like, I want rice every day, but my parent, my, my family's pre-diabetic. So I really can't have it, but I, I love it. So not all desires are good, but we need to process our desires to see if it's in harmony with our highest good. That's a skill in itself. That's why in our training, we go through, okay, what's your highest good? What are your desires? Let's check it. We give you a formula to do that. I mean, ah, we, we, because part of it, Ali, is that what I'm learning that women are like, well, I'm going to have a little bit here. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get a little bit of, of, you know, health here and I've got, and then next thing you know, it's 10 years. You're like, I could have done this in six months in a year, being mm-hmm. very intentional about how to design my life. Instead, there's a lot of collateral damage by being underskilled. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's broken relationship and it's a heartache. And um, I, I, I ache for women because the condition that we're a failure, that we're not good enough, it's so rooted in our culture. It's almost normal. And it's abnormal to actually feel freedom, peace. And every woman wants to be confident, right? But what they're really what they really want is freedom. What right. they're saying, you know, you know, why, why do women want to be confident? What they want is the freedom of a confident woman because she's free to be herself. Where right. does confidence come from? I tell I ask women all the time, you know, we have a confidence formula. We become a confident speaker when you know the skills of speaking, right? A confident basketball player, whatever. But it's the same thing with being a woman. We become confident when we become competent. Mm-hmm. Whether it's boundaries, whether it's knowing how to manage your mind, your emotion, you, you know how to pivot, you know how to you know recalibrate. These are skills that actually allow women to become confident. It comes from self-competence. This is why we need to train women because every woman wants to be confident, but nobody talks about self-competence. Mm-hmm. I literally love that you said that confidence is competence. 
because in any other aspect of your life, like you said, when we're confident in certain areas, because we know how to do it, we know the skills. Like I'm confident in being an educator because I know the skills, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Confidence. You're not just born with it. Some people might think their charisma and everything like that, but confidence is a true skill. And -hmm. I thought it was so beautiful that you said like women, we want confidence, but it's the freedom of that confidence. I remember thinking like when I was a preteen and teenager, I always wanted to be the confident girls because they just walked around and they didn't care what other people thought of them or they perceived that they didn't care what people thought of them. And I was always so self-conscious of what people thought of me, what I wore, how I spoke and all these things. And I felt trapped in that. I didn't have that, that mental freedom. And we're always striving towards confidence because we want that freedom of just living our lives to our fullest, not really caring what other people think. So if women are listening right now and they have a lot of self-doubt, low on self-worth, unsure of themselves all the times, how can women then build that beautiful, strong opinion and self-worth? It's oh, a great question because I think it's a question that everyone should ask herself. Well, if you're listening out there and if you are feeling that self-doubt, there's so much hope. You're just a few skills away. That's, I mean, a skill is something you just acquire. So I tell women the, the field it, it's, it levels the playing field and we need to stop the limiting belief that's, you know, we're born this way or some women are just more confident and I am not, you must become, you need to train up for it. So that's number one, there's hope. So how do you become confident? Well, the first thing we need to do, I tell women is that I need you to find your role models in the, every part of your life role models in friendship, role models in how women show up, role models in maybe the way they talk. And it's almost like you're shopping for a house or I'm sorry, like furniture in your house. You want to be like, you know, I really like this couch, right? Or I really like, so what you want to do is I, I want that relationship. I want, get, what, what do I like about that relationship? What do I like about that couch? What we want to do is give ourselves choices and options. Mm-hmm. And the way we do that is that we expand our capacity to see what we like and don't like. So step one, right? And then step two, you say, you know what? Based on what I'm seeing, I want to be peaceful woman. You literally design who you want to become. And earlier I talked about the dream and the design of your life will actually inform who you want to become, mm-hmm. right? And so what you want to do is like, January, how can I design myself to be, I'm like, well, you can say, I want to be peaceful. I want to be somebody who is maybe a good conversationalist. I want to be somebody who has deep, meaningful connection. Maybe I know how to ask questions. And then you work backwards and say, now, what are the skills that are necessary for me to become that woman? It's actually that simple. You know, we do that for athletes. We don't do it for ourselves. I mean, think about like, you know, golfers or athletes are like, okay, I need to be, you know, do this three-point shot, then you need to do 56, 56, whatever um, shots every day. I'm sorry, I am obviously not an athlete. Whatever they do. Oh my, my husband always makes part of it because like, I just stay away from the athletic samples. <laughs> oh, my point is like, you know, Michael Jordan did 600 free throw shots every day mm-hmm. to become Michael Jordan. It's right. the same thing. Is that who it is, that, who do you want to become, right? Do you want to be that, you know, what is what skill, competence do you need to achieve in order to become that confident woman? Right. So that's the first step. But the the foundation of all this, Sally, is that our worth is unconditional and irreplaceable. Okay. This is so key because no matter how much I train women, our mindset and skill set, and it's both, if their worth is conditional, meaning that 
it's determined by what other people think or the conditions placed on them, they will not ever achieve the level of confidence that gives them freedom because they're always constantly proving themselves. Mm -hmm. So when you go to work and you fail, when you have a relationship and it's not working out, when I'm a mom and I'm not the mom I want to be, it never changes my value, period. Mm-hmm. Amen. Nothing changes our value, which means my worth is unconditional. I don't have to prove, I don't have to please anyone. And if I fail, it doesn't change my value. I should, you know, I could maybe skill up. I could maybe, you know, learn from my failure. But what happens when women don't understand that their value is unconditional, they res- they spend their life proving and pleasing other people to prove that they're valuable. This is the reason why so many women ca- have mental exhaustion mm-hmm. because all day long they're proving to themselves they're proving to the boss they're proving to their boyfriend or you know husband or significant other they're proving to their children but they don't even know they're doing it mm-hmm. it's so habitual very Yeah, it's so subconscious you know their boyfriend uh says something they're like oh my gosh he doesn't like me mm-hmm. and they <laughs> just like yep. go in this spiral as opposed to, you know, nothing changes my value. You know what? You can't hold somebody accountable if you don't know your value. You mm-hmm. cannot. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. So that's the key ingredient is first understand that we need to rewire neurologically, really rewire that our worth is never bought. Wow. Just say it louder for the people in the back. It's so, <laughs> like I'm just sitting here and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. Like I want to scream this from the rooftop, especially like as a teacher, I try and tell my students this all the time, like start from like a young age that, and I even had to heal from myself that like I heavy people pleaser, perfectionism, all of those things. And I'm still in the process of going through that. And the beautiful release that I realized that my value is me existing. My value, like you said, it's unconditional. And it was just such a beautiful moment because I was always taught my value was in my outcome of what I provide, produce, whatever, good grades, right? Good job, making a decent salary, right? Being a good daughter, sister, friend, significant other. It was all external. And so, like you said, if, you know, I maybe got, you know, bad feedback from an observation at work, then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm a terrible teacher. I'm trash. It's I'm the worst. Why should I even try? And then I realized maybe it was just a bad day. I'm still a great teacher. And even if I'm not doing so great with teaching, I'm still a great person. I have value, right? Me just being me and doing the things I love and just existing is pure value. And it's so important to realize too, we don't have to be productive all the time. Everyone says, oh, if you want to be successful, you got to be you know, on that grind 24 seven. And so that's why as women too, because we're like, well, it's a man's world. If men are working 24 seven, we got to work, you know, 34 or seven, you know, 34 seven. we have to be on that grind just to be on the same level playing field. And that's where that mental exhaustion comes from. And we think like, if we're sitting, you know, maybe watching Netflix, maybe scrolling through social media, just to like kind of take a break. We're a terrible human being and we're lazy or we sleep in a little bit. We didn't wake up at 5am. We're lazy where no, you can only be your best self if you do rest. Right. And there's value in resting. And so it's so crucial for not just women, but everyone to realize that us just being here and just interacting with each other is the true value. All the other values we were just taught, it's all society constructs, yes. right? Of oh. our value. And once you construct that and you're like, oh, like that's just what society is telling me 
but that's not is that the real core to our value then you're like oh and then you can slowly tear down the rest of the walls as well yeah but i don't i don't think that we're taught i think by you know it's beautiful that you're able to tear down the walls and really understand your values unconditional Mm -hmm. but think about it we call this in in the poisonous p in the woman's school pleasing, perfecting, you know, popularity, prestige, these are what makes us valuable. And it's from a very young age, you get a, you know, you, you get an A, you get a star, you get a D, you're scolded for it. So the production then determines from a very young child, our value is if we produce a good grade, not because we are valuable as we are. What if a child worked harder and got a D, but then the child that got an A you didn't have to work as hard because for whatever reason she was, you know, maybe new math or so we, from a very young age, we are conditioned to prove our value that, you know, what makes us more valuable in society is our grade, what college we go to. I mean, it's so normal, Allie, mm-hmm. that it's a disgrace that women feel like something is wrong with me because I didn't get BA, whatever. I didn't go to the school and nobody else thinks about it. It's just kind of like, this is the norm. Mm-hmm. We're hustling our way. And it comes from the fact that we don't know our value, which allows us to compete and compare with men. So now if they're working 24 seven, then we must work 34 mm-hmm. seven. And now instead of us actually collaborating together, we're now at odds with each other. And then we want great relationships, right? And then we want help in our home. And then all of a sudden, but deep down inside we're competing. I mean, this subconscious conditioning that needs to be replaced is massive. And that's why I tell women, we have got to take responsibility for our own conditioning and rewiring the belief because it's going to come haunt us. And it already is. I mean, we are suffering for it, but we don't even know it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that women today live to prove themselves to the world, Mm -hmm. which is why women right now anxiety and depression at is at their all-time high because it's not sustainable and what we need is a new model of being a woman Mm. that true strength is a capacity to receive and that women have the capacity to completely eradicate comparison and competition that i am not in conflict with men rather i can be completely strong in front of men i can be free to fail Mm -hmm. that i don't have to have it all together to value myself or that if i fail and do absolutely had a bad day that never changes the fact that I'm a valuable human being simply because I am mm-hmm. simply because I am. And that needs to be drilled over and over and over again, a child, because right now we are swimming against a world and a culture who's constantly telling us, prove yourself, mm-hmm. prove yourself. all the time. Yep. That that's a huge, a huge one, especially when it's interesting when we women have to prove themselves, but as I even see this at the forefront as a teacher, where girls and boys, they, they are literally educated differently and they're motivated in different ways. Where men, you know, boys when they're young and develop into men, they are, you know, have the freedom to fail and try and your value is within yourself, right? Negotiated job interviews and things like that. Where women were taught to, you are of service to others from the get go right? Mm-hmm. You're of service of others and your family first, right? Mm-hmm. Then it becomes your friends. Then it becomes your significant other. And then the own family that you create constantly in service of others. And then the failure comes in where we think we're not being enough for all the people that we're going to be serving, right? And then we feel like we're a terrible daughter. We have the mom guilt, right? All the time. We're not fully present with our kids because, you know, we have a job as well. We have friends, we have other things that we need to do. And we're, we're juggling all these hats because we were told your value 
in society is of service to mm -hmm. others. You are the caretaker in some way, shape or form. And that's where that subconscious comes in, right? And it's so important to realize that you can be of service to others, but at the end of the day, to be of service of yourself first. That's, I think you hit the nail on the head mm -hmm. is because we're serving others from an empty cup. Yep. That's exactly because I think what fulfills the human heart, Ali, is our capacity to actually contribute to the, to the world. And I don't think that's women. Men are not right. trained for what they need to be, mm -hmm. you know, because what good is making a million dollars and losing parts of yourself, whatever men are taught, you know, go for success, whatever, you know, narrative. But I think what, what we want is to actually give and serve other people, but not at the expense mm -hmm. of our value. We need to receive first before we can ever give. And so what I tell women to live a life of meaning and contribution is to be able to serve, but not where you're burnt out, you're not taking care of yourself, that you're belittling yourself, that you're proving. I mean, it's, it's, it's not sustainable mm -hmm. and it's causing overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And we need to reorder the way we teach men and women and say, listen, what fulfills you, what, what's, what's going to fulfill you is how you are intentionally, you know, designing every part of your life in a way that fills your cup. So why, why do we fill our cup so we can give more of our cup? Why do we want to give more cup? Because it fulfills us. It makes us happy to give more of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But the problem isn't the giving. The problem is that we're not receiving. Mm -hmm. It's why we're giving from an empty cup and it cannot go on. As we know, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so funny. Again, I think we're just on the same frequency here because my next question was, you know, how can women, you know, really learn how to contribute and have a true contribution where you are of service, like you said, but then you're not, you know, filing out of the empty cup because everyone's always like, I don't know my purpose. I don't know what I'm supposed <laughs> to do in this life and blah, 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 blah. But our contribution doesn't always have to be, you know, from our jobs. Our jobs could just be, hey, I'm here, I'm paying the bills so then I can live sustainably to then do my contribution. So if women are kind of trying to figure out, okay, what can my contribution be? Maybe it is in my job, maybe not. What's kind of the first steps towards doing that? Right. So there's three types of contribution that we teach. There's contribution of the moment, mm -hmm. which means that in this conversation, we are contributing to each other by learning and growing in this conversation. There's contribution of the season. If you're a teacher, I'm, an, I'm actually a teacher as well. That's my contribution in the season. And then contribution of my legacy, which means what am I, you know, am I fulfilling who I was created to be, what I was, you know, so that's the first thing I think is, you know, the contribution, there's three parts, because we have to think of it because we need to, to understand that we need all three in every season of our life. So that's number one. Okay. Because it's not sort of this one thing. It's like, oh, what's my contribution? It's just my work, right? It's kind of like this big thing that, no, there's a contribution in every, in every conversation. There's a contribution when I show up to my children, my husband, and what we need to do, the second thing we need to do is to shift contribution from doing to being. Mm. What do I mean by that? The highest form of contribution is how we show up for the people, how I talk to you, how I'm fully present with you, how I genuinely care about who you are as a human person. Maybe how I ask you a question, maybe how I, you hold your friend accountable. Our contribution is how we show up mm. as a human being. And not just what we do, what we do should be a fruit to who we are. So that's how we can say, wow, if I live my life today, knowing I have ordered my day to its highest good, I've gotten up, prepared myself. And if I failed, I gave myself grace, moved on to the next one. You know, how, how did I contribute to, how did I go to work 
smile at every person, maybe ask meaningful question, you know, um, was fully present to my children, maybe, you know, held my daughter accountable so she can also train herself up. That's how we order our days so that it's not this big thing. Mm-hmm. It's the micro opportunity mm. of being the ordinary, extraordinary. That is our contribution. That is how we live a meaningful life. That is us giving from a cup that is full because as a woman where we can say, I have an opportunity right now to contribute to this person in front of me. I have an opportunity right now to actually make this person feel important. We have this thing in our home where my children say, what's a sign on everybody's forehead? MMFI, make me feel important. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and, and how can we make people feel important? When, you know, so that's, I think the shift is that if you're feeling like you're not, not having, you know, sort of the purpose is to shift, you know, contribution from being, from doing to being. But number three, I think it goes back to discovering the dream. Because what I tell women, your purpose is right inside that dream. Mm-hmm. Because how do you know what your purpose is? It's inside the deepest desires of your heart. And so when a woman's not dreaming and she's like, well, I don't feel like I have a purpose. Well, because we haven't discovered the deepest desires of our, of our heart that lead us to discover the dream of the season. And no wonder we feel purposeless. Mm-hmm. The purpose of a dream is to help us become, become what? Become the woman we were created to be. And that is our purpose. Ooh, that is so, oh my God, like so beautifully said. And I think it's, it was so wonderful that you brought up that your contribution, because we're taught like your purpose, your service is this big overarching thing, more of like your legacy <laughs> than anything else. And then I love that perspective of your contribution is in the everyday, right? How do you interact with people? right? How do you interact with yourself and take care of yourself? How do you show up as the person you truly want to be your most authentic self? And I never even really thought of it that way because I'm thinking, oh, like I'm an educator. I'm a teacher. That's my service. That's my purpose. And then I'm like, okay, why, why do I like to teach? Let's like break it down even more. And at the core of it, when I really sat down and thought about it, I was like, well, the contribution them is I want to be the mentor and show up for people when others don't have anyone to show up for, kind of being that support system, helping people reach their full potential. That once you break it down, because that's an everyday micro thing that you can do rather than overarching, oh, I'm an educator and my service is to teach. And I have amazing friends where they do amazing jobs and their huge contribution in their job. But I even after you said that, I even noticed just their interactions with me when we hang out and the questions they ask and stuff like that being fully present, I see their full contribution within themselves. And it's when you really just like get deep with people, not the surface level stuff, you can see other people's contributions, whether we realize it or not, right? Because it's how they make you feel. Like things that always stand out to me, I love my inner circle to bits, how present they are with me and I am to them. And the deep conversations and connections that we have, where that's the, at the end of the day, we're being a woman, that true like connection with each other is such like a beautiful thing. And so I love that leaving an impact on each other is like the greatest contribution that you can ever have yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, I think that we need to know how to do that. 
That's the part that skill, you know, like complimenting somebody is a skill set. Yeah. How do you compliment somebody? And accepting a compliment. <laughs> that's also, yeah, that is, it's, it's, that's got that's a huge skill, which goes back to our self-worth or learning how to encourage someone. Mm-hmm. These are skills that we assume we know how to do. I'm like 7% are words, 38% tonality, 55% body language. If we don't yeah. know that, we might not know that we're not actually encouraging somebody. Cause I tell my son, you know, my kids are, they're like, mom. I did say, I'm sorry. I'm like, you said, I'm sorry with your 7%, your words, mm. but your tonality, your body language. I'm like, it's not saying, right. so, but, but you know, the, it's, it's a skill We're we're unaware of it. And so teaching women very basic skill and saying, how do you ask question genuinely? Mm-hmm. How do you listen? And as a skill set, because the way we teach in the women's school alley is I give them frameworks and from step one, step two, step three. It's very basic. It's very simple. You mm-hmm. know, I give them a script. I give them a skill. I'm like, listen, this is how you, you know, um, hold somebody accountable when they're criticizing you. This is how you not gossip. This is how you can compliment somebody. One, two, three, because we can't assume that, that we know it. Mm-hmm. We can't assume that women actually were taught. And I think that what I'm seeing is a compounding crisis because then they're not taught, let's just say, to draw boundaries that compounds their capacity to actually hold somebody accountable that compounds their capacity then to perhaps um you know uh, go deeper into um hard conversation there's a compounding impact to these skills that like if you're a gymnast you know when you learn how to tumble and then it you know you learn to maybe do somersault there's a compounding impact to these skill set and they're not they're not only compounding they're interconnected mm-hmm. i love that that is so like, that's what, at the end of the day, if we're going to put a pretty little bow on this, right? At the end of the day, <laughs> it's all about everything and everyone is connected and building the skill set yeah. to connect with yourself and mm-hmm. connect with others. That's the true, you know, beauty of it all. And January, I, we can, t- I literally, I was like, I could talk to this woman for like two hours. <laughs> Keep on going, but I want to, you know, respect your time Thank and- you. Thank you so much for coming on today and having this wonderful conversation. The girls mind thinking they're going to flip. They, they like, no. I just know they're going to really just take such beautiful takeaways and lessons from this conversation. And so where can, you know, the growth mind thinking find you, follow you, find the woman's school, all those great things. Yes. So if you just go to the woman's school.com, take our wholeness quiz where you rate every part of your life. Um, and then you can then explore the woman's school masterclass where we teach you how to discover the dream of the season, design every part of your life and decide on the woman you need to become. That's our basic foundational tool. Follow us on TikTok. I'm now in TikTok. This yeah. is so comical. <laughs> you know, I'm a teacher, Allie. So I'm like, oh my God, social media. But you know, you do what it takes to reach the heart of women. And that's what we need to do. And um so you can reach me on TikTok and on Instagram and um, and Facebook as well. But uh, reach out, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to put a pretty bow on this. Mm-hmm. I tell women, train up, mm-hmm. train up. This is the only life we have. We are in the Olympics of our lifetime. And the gold medal is to live a life that's meaningful and fulfilling. And how we get there is to train ourselves, both mindset and skill set. And we need to do that with every season of our life with no excuses. Beautifully said. Amazing. And January, thank you so much. I'm going to put all of your information in the show notes so they can go find you. And thank you so much again for taking the time out of your day and having an amazing conversation with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Allie. 
All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode with January. I literally was just buzzing afterwards. It was just such an amazing and powerful conversation. And all of the links to contact January about the Women's School, the Wholeness School, everything is going to be linked in the show notes. Her Instagram at the Women's School is going to be linked in the show notes. And you guys also have a great discount access to the Women's School. The link is going to be in the show notes. Take a look at it. It's a beautiful, wonderful resource for you guys to take a hold of and really take advantage of with all the wonderful and beautiful services it provides. So I got you guys a discount that is going to be linked in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend. Make sure to please share it on your stories and tag January and I in them. And follow me on Spotify. Please make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. And remember, grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. Bye. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.